I'd like to share today on praying in the name of Jesus. And let's pray briefly before I begin. Our Father, we come and thank you for bringing us all to this, this place today. And we ask for your help now as we seek to join our hearts together in earnest prayer for your reviving work that even in this brief moments before we pray, you would stir up our hearts through your word. As we look at your son, please, by your Holy Spirit, glorify your son through my words and in each of our hearts. We pray through his name, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Most of us probably realize that merely mentioning in the name of Jesus at the end of our prayers isn't a magical formula. We know it's important though, it's in the scriptures, but what does it mean? Does praying in Jesus' name mean praying according to God's will and submission to God? Does it mean praying for Jesus' sake, that Jesus may be glorified? Does it mean praying with authority that Jesus gives us or praying on behalf of Jesus? I'm not going to speak against any of these wonderful truths that I just mentioned, but I want us to step back from the brush strokes and get the big picture today. What does it mean praying in Jesus' name? And I want, I want God to help us realize the privilege this is that is ours. I like to suggest that the big idea about praying in Jesus' name is praying to the Father through Christ's person and work. Three verses help clarify this for us. The first is John 14, 6, which is crucial to our understanding because it's the introduction to Jesus' uh, Jesus' farewell discourse in which he mentions praying in his name five times. John 14, 6 uh, don't let this familiar verse lose its, its glory. As I, as I mentioned this, praise the Lord. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. How can it be? Is there really a way for us sinners to come to the Holy One? Yes, there is. The way to the Father is through Christ. And praying in Jesus' name is all about accessing the Father through Jesus, the mediator. As Ephesians 2.18 says, For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. As Hebrews 13.15 says, Through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. All of us stand in need of a mediator. We're all creatures far from our creator, and we are all wicked sinners, immeasurably distant from him whose name is holy, who dwells in the high and holy place, who dwells in unapproachable light, and whose eyes are too pure to look on evil. Well, what makes us think that we can draw near to him unless he draws near to us 
And that is exactly what he's done. First Timothy 2, 5. For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all. We can pray today and know that our prayers reach our Father in heaven because we approach him through Christ and more specifically through Jesus' name. Jesus' name. What does that refer to? The name of Jesus directs us to the person and work of Christ. Jesus' name means Yahweh saves. So if we are praying in Jesus' name, we are acknowledging that, that Jesus is the one who saves, that he has done the work to save us. Maybe it seems overwhelming to think about even acknowledging the person and work of Christ in prayer because there's so many aspects of it. But I just want to end here by focusing on four aspects of Christ's person and work that will help us when we think about praying in Jesus' name. First is that Jesus is the Son of God. Second, Jesus is the Son of Man. Third, Jesus was the blood sacrifice. And fourth, Jesus is our interceding priest. Jesus is both son of God and son of man. And Hebrews 4 puts these both together in, in a very famous passage on prayer that we often acknowledge in our prayers. Hebrews 4.16 reads, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What is it that moves us to draw near with a confidence to the throne of God and, and receive that mercy and grace? It's the previous verses to Hebrews 4, 16, verses 14 and 15. Verses 14 points us to the person of Christ as the one who has passed through the heavens, who is now there with the Father. And if he is so near and dear to the Father, so close to the Father, surely the Father will accept our prayers through him. And then verse 15 goes on to talk about how Jesus is not just the son of God, he's the son of man, that he came to earth and experienced all temptations that we experience. And so if he knows what weakness is like, he knows how to sympathize with weak ones like us. So as the son of God and the son of man, we can come to God with confidence and pray through Christ. Jesus is also the blood sacrifice. And Hebrews 10 makes this so clear. Therefore, this is Hebrews 10 verses 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near. We draw near by the blood of Jesus. It's only because Jesus has finished his work on the cross, he has shed his blood, that we can have acceptance with the Father. And this is our confidence, the blood of Christ, the torn body of Christ as the sacrifice already paid for us. Octavius Winslow writes about this. 
In all true prayer, great stress should be laid on the blood of Jesus. Where the atoning blood is kept out of view and not made the grand plea, there's a deficiency of power in prayer. God has crowned his dearly beloved son and he will have us crown him too. And never do we place a brighter crown upon his blessed head than when we plead his atoning blood. May we not be shy to talk about the blood of Christ in our prayers because the father loves to hear about it. Spurgeon said, the Lord delights to be reminded of his son's excellencies. It is a theme that he delights in. You may ring that bell as long as you ever will. The father will never weary of it. Tell him what his son has done. Remind him of Gethsemane. Bring up before the father's mind, the cross of Calvary. Everything about Christ is sweet to God. And because believers' prayers are full of Christ, therefore they are sweet to God. Praise God for the blood sacrifice we we have to bring before the Father. And last of all, we have an interceding priest. And I cannot finish without sharing this, that precious verse. Hebrews 7.25 is so beautiful. Verse 24 begins, Jesus holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Brothers and sisters, let's look up this very moment and by faith, see our Lord who is interceding for us. He has been praying for over almost 2,000 years now. Before the Father, he has continued to bring up his people. He's watched the whole course of human history and even more important, the, the course of church history, the whole history of missions and the spread of the gospel and the history of revivals. And through all of it, Jesus has continued his interceding for his people. Why would we ever come to prayer and, and hesitate because of our guilt or hesitate because of our deadness? or distractedness. Let's draw near. Let's come to the throne of grace because we can pray in Jesus' name. We have a mediator who stands between us and the Father. He is the Son of God. He's the Son of Man. He is the one who is pierced for our transgressions as the blood sacrifice. And now he ever lives to make intercession for us. And so may the Lord help us to cherish this privilege we have to come so boldly before him and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.